Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Buckle up, guys. So now you have some things to say about Wonder Woman. I have some thoughts. And feelings? Yeah, thoughts and feelings. Also, people get mad at people and they're like, oh, why can't we just like movies? Like, why do we not have to be happy with everything? Here's the thing. I think it's because we want it to be good. Like, I genuinely wanted this to be good and then it's more disappointing when it doesn't live up to that. Let's get going. Hello. Welcome to I Only Like You and Movies, Wonder Woman 1984 edition. Do I do the theme song or are we all over that now? Can if you want. Nah, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> My name is Lonnie, here with uh, Sine. Hello. We're here to talk about Wonder Woman 1984, a movie I really wanted to like. I think I liked it. Mm. I just have a lot of questions about it. Okay. And why it did certain things and why it didn't do other things. Okay. Criticism, some might say. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might just get stuck into spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, please do that before you watch and listen. So let's uh, get going. That segues me very nicely into my first point. Guys, I'm having an existential crisis. Long-time listeners of the show will know the one thing that we've complained often about is trailers spoiling films. And in this film, almost every moment was spoiled in the trailer. So that was fun. The reason for my existential crisis is I know that there are some of you listening to this podcast who don't see the movie first and who don't turn off when we say we're getting into spoilers. And, yeah, like, live your life. You can do what you want. But also, no, here's the thing. (laughs) Am I contributing To this culture where we have to know what we're going into before we go into it, which then means that you're never genuinely riding the highs and lows of the story because you're always like, oh, yeah, that's that bit I knew that was coming. Am I contributing to that? Because if I tell you a good line of dialogue and then you watch it, you know that already. So should I, for your own good, not do spoilers anymore in the podcast? But then I don't want to do that because I don't think this has ever been a film promotion podcast, it's been a film discussion podcast and it's very difficult to discuss the film without revealing spoilers. I'm at a crisis. You seem genuinely conflicted. I am genuinely conflicted. I don't want to pass on the horror of what happened to me. Horror is is a strong word. (laughs) It's true though. As you said, nearly every pivotal moment was spoilt in the trailer. Chris Pine's back. Oh, didn't he die at the end of the first one? Yeah, but he's back somehow. Then the question becomes, I guess, how did he come back? Not what's going to Well, I guess it wasn't a question to begin with because he Mm. was dead. But, like, I would have really... I think the the thing that I struggle with is because in the film, those moments are treated so earnestly because it's like 
oh, my God, he's there and he's saying the line and she's seeing him and we're doing that spinny camera thing that mm. directors mm. love to do for some reason. But I've already seen it. And we, in the trailer we've already seen him do the goofy pointing at the bin and pointing at the doing a little fashion montage. So mm-hmm. it's not really that important when we see him come back because, like, yeah, we know. But my point is because because cutting a trailer and making a film are so separate, mm. it's not even like the film can be like, hey, I know you saw this in the trailer, but we're doing something a little bit different. Isn't that cool? It's literally just dated or mm. like, do you know, what am I trying to say? Like because the film doesn't have the meta-awareness that we already know it's beats, mm-hmm. it doesn't treat them in a clever or interesting way because it didn't know it had to. Yep. Yeah, they call that like paratextual knowledge. Yeah. All the things that are around the text, the text being the film here and then mm-hmm. the trailer being associated with it and part of the story. But you're right, it undercuts the main story, doesn't it? So we knew Chris Pine was turning up. We knew she's in her awesome gold costume. We've seen her throw the wings off, so we know that happens. We know Kristen Wiig becomes the bad guy. We know that she's a nerd in the beginning and mm. I don't know. I, I'm i still on my high horse about trailers of shit and I hate them so much. But, like, what? Like, were there really people who were like, I'm going to go see a movie and Wonder Woman is a possibility for me, but I'm not going to see it unless I see that Kristen Wiig's in it and that she becomes evil. I need to I need to know what I'm getting in for here. It's very really? weird because the first one was so successful. She's one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Wonder Woman is one of the most well-known characters. People generally like this version of the character. There aren't that many people, I think, who are swayed by seeing her in gold outfit in the trailer. Well, people who see these movies are like, diehard comic book fans or people who are mm. following DC and Marvel and that kind of stuff, they're going to see it regardless, right, the majority of people. And if they're not, they're not going to be swayed by seeing Chris Pine in a trailer. I don't think so. so. Mm. But maybe, I don't know, maybe we're not. We're not marketing executives in a big movie company, so what do we know? I touched on Kristen Wiig a little. She's great in this film, okay? But I have the same problem where that I have seeing Steve Carell in serious films where I'm just constantly waiting for them to crack a joke and I can never really get on board with them doing a serious performance. And mm. I don't like that about myself because obviously actors are varied and roles are varied and I don't want them to just play one type of character. But for someone who has like a persona being on Saturday Night Live and being a comedian, it is really hard to like... There's not even a little bit of levity with her character. There's not even like a couple of cracking jokes or whatever. It's just so far removed from her personality. It's a very odd storyline to have her in as well. It's it's just to take the glasses off and suddenly she's pretty. It literally trope. is. And this plot point of nerd to villain, we mm. have seen hundreds of times. And I get it, it's based on comic books and that seems to be the story, probably because people who write comic books are nerds and so they want redemption or validation or vindiction or whatever like you didn't try to do anything fun with it it's literally just the bullied person becomes the bully literally that the underdog gets annoyed and did she become mean because of the wish or did she become mean because the wish made her cool and all of a sudden she had self-confidence to stand up to people and took it too far i don't know i don't know why her wish changed her whole personality why couldn't she just feel cool and feel good in herself then and just live a happy life being awesome? Power, yeah. I guess, went to her head. 
was she really that jealous of Wonder Woman that she had to fight her <laughs> for some reason at the end? For reasons. In the dark as well. Sorry, that's not a, what we're talking about, but that whole end, end sequence was in the dark. I couldn't really see what was going on. Why? I don't know. Sorry, back to your points about Kristen Wiig. No, that was it really, okay. just that odd casting choice. She did well in the role, but odd casting choice, and I don't know that the her arc was very interesting or unique in any way. No, no, it would have been better. I think it would have sold some of their jealousies and some of their um, issues they had in the film and the conflict if they'd been, like, friends for a year at least or a little while. They had some shared history. They'd met that week and yeah. then two days later they're fighting. <laughs> like, maybe if they'd been together a while and they'd gone out a few times and she's always jealous of Wonder Woman getting hit on at the bars and but never taking advantage of it and she's like, I wish I could do that. They had dinner once. Yeah. People have been talking about, like, their chemistry as actors. The only inkling I got was maybe at the dinner mm. and I sort of went, oh, was Wonder Woman ever gay in the comics? Because, like, I'm on board with this if this is a thing. Well, famous Gira, lots of women. Hey, got to pass the time somehow. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. And it was interesting. Yeah, I liked what they were getting at, but it just didn't seem to work very well. Mm. I have a couple of questions about the stone, about the wishes and the time loop thing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So at the end where he renounces his wish, does the stone reappear? Unclear. Well, because it was destroyed in the first place, he just dies and that's it. But things he went didn't... back after they renounced their wish. He didn't die, did he? He didn't die. So where's the stone? That's what I'm saying. Hmm. Not sure. Also, this stone has been like has caused the ending of all these civilizations throughout history, the famous civilizations that lasted for centuries and were fine. Also, if you have to pay and have, like, a sacrifice for your wish, why does it happen? Like, they've got two centuries where, like, everything's fine and everything's going great, and then at the end of the third century they suddenly have to pay their debt or something. Or does it just turn up at the end and then all of a sudden the civilization falls apart? It was very quick. It was like a day in this movie. (laughs) I know, yeah. Also... Not everyone renounced their wish, did they? Not everyone would. Yeah, she had a moving speech and everything and she was broadcasting. What if you're not watching television? Mm. What if you wish for something little and it was like, I don't know, wish that I had unlimited supply of chocolate or something? That'd be a good wish. I was going to ask what your wish would be. Maybe I've found out what it is already. What would the monkey paw being thing be for that? Okay, so can you talk about this? You mentioned something to me about this mm. last night. There's been some capital D discourse about monkey paw element of this story. So I think the idea with the monkey paw is that it gives you your wish, but the message should be, be careful what you wish for. And so you get your wish, but in a sort of ironic way. Mm-hmm. So the idea is, you know, one example I've seen, there was an episode of Rick and Morty where they had a wishing sort of thing like this. And it was like, you can have, you want to be, you want shoes that will make you the best runner in the whole world and you win Olympic medals and stuff, but you can never take them off and you can never stop running. Mm. So there's like a twist in the in the wish. In this movie, you could get your wish, but then something else negative happened to you 
That was in no re- way related to the original wish, right? No. So she asks for Chris Pine to be back and then he comes back, but then she loses her powers. Mm. Like, and people are saying, well, it was kind of already in the fact that he comes back in someone else's body. That kind of works as a sort of sort of, sort of twist, but that opens up a whole can of worms that the film never tries to address. I, I have so many questions about that. What happened to the guy while Chris was in his body? Yeah, was it like being John Markovich? He's like looking out and watching it all. He's trapped Is he in dead? There? I don't know. Where are his friends? Doesn't he have a job? Aren't they like, where are you? And then they see him on TV <laughs> running around with one woman. <laughs> what if, if it was like me and someone else in my body, people would find out within a day or two, wouldn't they, that I wouldn't go to work? I guess there was like an international crisis and the whole of civilization was on the brink of collapsing. I guess so. Seemingly just, just DC. By the way, if I die and then you wish me back into existence but I'm in someone else's body, would you feel weird about that? Would you want to jump into bed straight away? She's very much like, oh, you say one word thing about the time. Oh, you must be Chris Pine. Wouldn't it have been more interesting if he had to convince her in some way? If yeah, she, if she was days. immediately like, no, yeah. I'm not believing this. Because as you said, she comes from like, society where there's tricksters and mm. I don't mm. know, she has Gods. to outsmart people yeah. and stuff. And immediately she's like, oh, you must be my boyfriend who died. Yeah. That's very weird, isn't it? Because you said this one thing about time, which is a really generic thing to say. And I don't know, mm. know why they're treating it like it was really unique, but anyway. And in the film, we're seeing Chris Pine, but is she seeing the other dude? Yeah. Or is there magic no. that she can see she, Chris Pine all of a sudden? I think because she knew it was Chris Pine she saw that when she looked at him mm. the same way that, like, mothers see their husbands and their children or whatever and faces. But I think to everyone else he looked like the other guy. Okay. Weird. Very. <laughs> Why not just cast the other guy? Did Chris you Pine want, have another, like... You want Chris Pine, but he's dead, so... But did he have another film in his, like, mm, <laughs> contract or something? And they're like, oh, shit, we killed him off. We need to get him back somehow. Back to the monkey paw thing, though. The idea is that... The, the twist should be linked to the wish, as we said. Mm-hmm. But Pedro is making people wish things by accident almost, like tricking them into wishing things mm-hmm. and then just saying something else random that he's going to, okay, I'm going to take your eyes then or I'm going to take all your oil and your all your soldiers. Yeah. Like that doesn't really work. It works in the context of this film, I guess, that that's the rules that they've contributed and created, but very awkward and not really engaging with that idea of the monkey's paw, which they name check. They do name check it and then yeah. don't actually do it properly. And I saw a really interesting uh, point about this on my Letterboxd Reviews inbox today and I looked up, you know, Demi from Twitter, Demi mm-hmm. Hadajumbe. I've really done a bad job there. I really butchered that. Demi. You know okay. Demi on Twitter. And there was, he reviewed it, and there was a response underneath his review. And they said, the, the film seems to have a problem with people wanting things and wishing things. Mm. The idea is that w- wanting something else is bad, and you should just want the truth. Because the whole thing about the beginning is... Yeah, I get it, but, like, what does that mean? What is wanting the truth? What is, what is the truth? The truth is the only thing. What, well, exactly. what do you fucking mean? How does that relate to me wanting chocolate? <laughs> exactly. The point this person made is like, what if you wish to get out of your domestic violence relationship? 
this film sort of treats it as if, no, you should just be happy with the truth of your situation, not wishing or wanting something else better. Mm. Because surely some people wanted or wished for things that were good. That's what I mean. Like surely not everyone... Yeah, was wishing for bad things. Their, yeah, and took away their wish. Like when she's like, I'll you yeah. know, reverse them. What if you wished, yeah, to, to get your dog back and it was all fine and then... Literally just affects you and, and your pet. Yeah, and you have to renounce that because weirdness. Very odd message to send, isn't it? It was odd. And, like, they put it in the whole 1980s-ish, greed is good, everyone's all about wanting more and more, Regan, not, Regan is the president and he yeah. wants... It's all about how great America is and not caring about other people, I guess. But even then, the dude just wishes for you to die. <laughs> you die right in front of him. <laughs> and then you come back to life and he's going to be like... Well, that happened to the guy in the shop with the woman. That's what I'm saying. Then she comes back to life because he renounces and he's like... <laughs> See ya, because she remembers. It well, doesn't, doesn't undo it. <laughs> the guy in Egypt who cut off the water supply to the yeah. poor people or whatever, they know that he's tried to kill them. Yeah. Isn't there going to be an uprising? Surely. Political uprising? Yeah, it wasn't like in um, Superman, the first one, with Christopher Reeve, where he flies around the world and next time go back. Remember that? Oh, I remember that, yes. It's so good. It's, yeah. This film, no, it all happened and everyone just moves on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted there. No, no. I think it's a side of the film, though, that we've got all these points. In some films you can have little gripes with, but still overall like it. This one, I think, at least it came down, came out a few days ago, everyone's still stuck in the logic. In the logic the, stage, yeah. Yeah, it's like, what is going on here? This doesn't make sense. I think it's there's a difference between a film leaving you with questions mm. and a film that you are struggling to understand logically. Well, another one, right? For example, Tenet. Tenet. Which no one knows what was going on. No. Compare that to Inception, right, where it had an open ending and you had questions, mm. but you understood it. You understood what was happening. You were satisfied. In Tenet, it's just no one knows what is happening at any point. No. Not, not, even, not, the even, not even the actors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think Rob Patterson knows what's going on at any point, uh, any of the films he makes. I'm not, sure, I'm, I'm not sure if he's tuned into anything, yeah. They just put a camera in front of him, ask him to do something. He just does it. He doesn't think about it, I don't think. No. <laughs> One small thing, which is more of a, a thing they're making more of it in America because it makes sense to them. The idea is when they're on the invisible jet, they mm-hmm. fly through some um, fireworks because it's 4th of July. Mm-hmm. But before that and after that, everyone's walking around in like coats and like Christmas shopping. Oh, true. True, true, true. Which isn't the same time of year. It's not the same time of year, no. And if it's 4th of July, they just said that and when it's happening. Yeah. But they could have made a bit about that because they're in DC. You know, they could have made something of that. Also, with the invisible jet, does she have that now? I don't know. Or was it just that one plane at that one moment? And how is she? She's losing her powers. But she can make something invisible. Which she's never done before. Yeah. And by the way, I can make this invisible as I'm doing it. What uh, if she tried to do that before in the sorry, film? Sorry, Chris, did I forget to tell you? Yeah, I can make things invisible. This might have been useful information for you to know in the previous yeah. movie, but... And I've let it, I'll have to let it go for can now. Can she just make objects invisible? Because it'd be really handy if she could make herself in Christopher Pine invisible throughout the movie. I don't know. Yeah. I don't good, know the it's law. A, it's a question, isn't it? Sorry. Back to your points. I feel like the invisible jet is a good segue into the flying. Mm. There is anarchy on my Twitter feed at the moment. <laughs> People going, since when can she fly? This is stupid. She's never been able to fly. And the other person was like, 
Uh, she's been able to fly in some comic books mm. and some of the stories. No, she doesn't. That's why she's got an invisible jet. Uh, yeah, she has an invisible jet, but she can also fly in some versions of th- of the stories. The thing about comic books is like you have lots of different offshoots of storylines and different mm-hmm. um, versions of the characters it's doing like different things. like 80 years of different stories, yeah. And then the original person just links the Wikipedia article for the invisible jet. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. I don't know if you heard this today. Mm. Before we saw Wonder Woman having dinner and someone walked past us. And they were like, has she always been able to fly? And the other person was like, I thought Superman could fly. Isn't she bulletproof? They were talking about it today. Did you hear this? No, I didn't, but that makes me very angry. I heard this. Can you guys please mind your spoilers as you're leaving a film? Thanks. It's not like we were outside the cinema. We were downstairs. We were having dinner away from them. How could I hear them across the bloody pathways? People are selfish and don't think they should have to alter their behaviour for other people. That's what the pandemic has taught me. Wow. Spitting truths here. I really am. Yeah, the, the Invisible Jet, it just seemed like they wanted to include that because she's got that in the comics. Yeah. And this jet that's just, was it like a... Like a warplane Like a display? Something? Yeah, I think... And he um, can just fly it. Does it have an engine? Do we, are we what? Is it? It's got enough fuel to get from DC to Cairo and back within an hour, <laughs> seemingly. How do they get into the European airspace? Invisible. Okay. It's the radar. True. Still. So, hang on, flying. Can she fly? Yeah, you just got to ride the air and glide. Is that what he says? No, he said it's all about air and wind and something. But did, here's my thing. We've never seen her take off. Mm. Does she just glide down? Is she After falling with style? Up? She's falling with style, 100%. <laughs> but, like, how does she just figure it out by remembering that he said to her, it's air and momentum or whatever it is. We've got this woman who's basically a god and she's never found this out about herself until this random guy. Also, this takes us into our first big issue, which is continuity with mm. Justice League, Batman v Supes. Yeah, she doesn't fly in those, does she? She doesn't fly in those guys. She doesn't fly Maybe in she those. doesn't need to. She could have done it, helped them out, though, when they're... This is what I hate. So... Hold for plane. Hold for invisible jet. (laughs) Okay. It really frustrates me, again, about not wanting to have to change your behaviour for other people. When people make films with no, not no regard, actively disregarding the larger canonical universe that it has to fit into. Mm. If Batman vs Superman was a shit film, fine. You can't just keep the films that you like in canon. I feel like that sets a dangerous precedent for what we consider good and bad and what's the metric. Is it box office money? Because then are we only saying that films that earn a lot of money are good and should be kept in and, the canon? And count, yeah. And count. And if they're not, then we'll just disregard it and pretend it doesn't belong to the universe. Yeah, that's a very good point. Because, like, there are things in this film that don't fit with mm. her current day. For example, isn't she supposed to be in hiding? Isn't the whole thing that Batman gives her the little things and knows that she's been old and sees the old photographs? Yeah, it is a bit funny because the photograph of her with her World War One mates, that gets brought up in Batman vs Superman. But in this film, there are reports of someone 
matching her description, yeah. running around a mall and running around DC. Doing so, these crazy feats of, like, saving people and stuff. Hmm. It's very odd that it, that wouldn't have come up. Because surely someone's got a photograph of her. Surely. Or there's a little bit of CCTV footage. Unless she stops doing it once people get cameras. <laughs> also, wasn't she also in hiding because she was so sad about Steve and everything? But in this mm. one, she's, like, redeemed and she's fine. I don't know if she was in hiding, but she wasn't happy about it. And she knew him for a week. Come on, mate. Yeah, it's a bit bit odd. What I found interesting in that, as you mentioned, the mall sequence, mm. do you think it was kind of funky that one of the robbers drops a small handgun and everyone freaks out? Like, is this America? I did find that. <laughs> they all yeah. have guns? They love guns? The real version of that would be a guy next to him pulls out his gun and shoots him. Yeah, or he just says, sorry, that's my gun. And everyone's like, okay, that's your gun. Here's my gun. And everyone's like happy because they got guns. They're <laughs> waving their guns around. Oh, they all got guns. Yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't know he was a robber. They just thought he was a guy. Conga line, just with their guns. <laughs> Very that's weird. The thing. Right. She's the most powerful person on the planet, right? She can. She's a superhero. Why is she worried about shoplifters? Why can't, yeah. Aren't there war criminals around? Isn't there, like, child sex trafficking and, like, mm. I don't know, mass genocide that she could maybe stop rather than four mm-hmm. guys who were shoplifting a store who the store's dodgy as well because it's, like, yeah. operating a black market thing? Because she didn't know about the black market bit, did she? No. She found that with, that's because she happens to work at the Smithsonian. And then the guy all of a sudden hangs a kid over the thing and you're like, oh, okay, so you've gone real quick from mm. shoplifted to attempted murderer, but sure. Yeah, they can still run out at that point. Oh. They can still join the conga line and get out of there. <laughs> the other thing is that mall sequence seemingly was just there for 80s nostalgia. It's like, oh, my yeah. God, look at all the shoulder pads, look oh, at the big hair. Someone's in aerobics, doing aerobics in the middle of the wall. Wow. I, d- I don't get this, like, nostalgia that people have for seeing the 80s and 90s on film. I don't – it doesn't do anything for me. You'll, so be, you'll be nostalgic for Wonder Woman 2007 in 30 years. I don't years. think I will you be. You will be. I don't think I will be. <laughs> I think you will. But, like, yeah, it's the 80s. Cool. Yeah, it didn't do anything with it, did they? It just happened to be – Wow. It was mall sequence because malls were rent in the 80s. Yeah, do you know, malls are a thing. Are you aware? Also, I'm getting passionate now. Right, she does all this stuff with the shoplifters, right? And then she turns to one small child, winks in some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my life, and then goes, shh, to her. There's like 40 other kids that are looking at you. There's yeah. like everyone's watching you right now yeah. in the mall. Yeah. It's not just this one child. Yeah. So you've told this one child to be shush. Yeah. Everyone else is going around. Yeah. And everyone's talking to the reporters because the reporters are like, if witnesses here are to be believed, it was stopped by one woman in... You know, a hand, half a dozen similar mm. incidents. Yeah. So why are we shushing one child? And we why, can all see you. Why is she in hiding at all? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> why does she have a secret identity? What's someone going to do? Can't fight her. She'll beat him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's not like she doesn't have any friends or family to, to worry about. Like you can say the same thing about Superman. People have said the same thing about Superman. But he's got, his, he's got Lois, he's got his parents. Although, Loki, hikey if he just told Lois, she would be much safer because at the moment she's getting kidnapped no matter what anyway. Yeah. Maybe it's just the same thing with Spider-Man. Yeah. His Aunt May gets taken away and he's like, oh, I don't know why. 
Gee, mustn't be anything I've done. <laughs> but then she knows anyway, so good on her. Yes, very odd, some of those choices. And I'm, I'm worried that we're getting stuck in the weeds, but that's all I can see at the moment, mm. you know. Maybe we'll transition into Pedro Pascal. Okay. In, look, I thought in Mando it was the role of a lifetime. Maybe this is the role of a lifetime. Yeah, you liked him? He's so good as like a sleazy businessman. He's amazing. He's not given like a great deal to do. And he only meets one woman like twice. One of the times he's in a car. The other time he's coked off his head just granting wishes over the satellite. So in that sense, he's not like a... You know, one of those villains who's up against the, the hero all the movie. But, yeah, tremendous. I liked him a lot. People have been saying online, on my Twitter at least, being like, oh, it's a shame that he's there and he's just like a sniveling loser. But, like, that's interesting enough to me. I thought he was a much better villain than Kristen Wiig was. Why do we even need two villains in this film? Yeah, why was she fighting one woman again? If she wanted to keep being a cat? A cat lady, yeah. A jellical. She knows if she waited another. An apex jellical. 40 years or so, she'd be in. So in vogue. <laughs> she would. <laughs> Here's a question about wishes again. When they're in Egypt, right, and she's chasing them, cool car chase, here for it. I'll, I'll give that. It was very obviously in a studio or it was, green screen, but, but whatever. I don't it was care. enjoyable. It was good. I liked it a lot. Wouldn't all he have to say is, oh, gee, don't you wish this woman would stop following me? Yeah. And it would happen? At any point, couldn't he say, I wish for this woman to stop or I wish for her to die or don't you wish that she would stop shooting at us and then it would be solved in two seconds? How does he not think that? He knows he's the stone at this point. Mm -hmm. He's built the wall in Egypt. He's taken the security detail. He knows his powers work. It just seems like an odd thing to not do. I'd do it. I'd be like the first thing I'd think of. Oh, I wish he'd stop following me. Cool. Yeah, he's got the magic power to do that but doesn't. Speaking of magic power, you know the song that's like, I got the power. Yeah. That plays in the Bruce Almighty bit when he first gets his powers and he like opens the fire hydrant and stuff and he's walking through through the streets. It's a great bit. There is pretty much a shot for shot <laughs> section in this film with that sequence. Do you think knowingly? When he first gets his power. I don't know. I hope it's a nod. Yeah. I don't know why I've seen Bruce Almighty a lot. It's a good movie. That's why. It's great. I love Jim Carrey. He's amazing. Anyway. There's such a Bruce Almighty bit in this where he's like, ooh, my hands, they're powerful. I can do whatever I want. I can wish for whatever I want. Mm. And it's just, I don't know. I found that quite humorous. I found that interesting as well. Obviously some nods to Indiana Jones, I thought, in this film. Monkey's Paw, right? Okay, full disclosure. Um, (laughs) When they were talking about Monkey's Paw, I thought they were talking about when Indy, like, is in the first bit and he has to take the little monkey statue off the Mm. thing and put the other thing on so it's weighted. I thought that's what they um, meant by Monkey Paw. (laughs) I don't think that's the case. No, I've realised that now. (laughs) Um, The the sequence we just mentioned when she's running around and behind underneath the truck in Egypt, that sort of stuff, like Indy in the first one. Mm. Also felt like the the sequence, opening sequence of her as a kid on Themyscira, not that Indy has to go through Olympics events, just like having a prologue with her being a kid and showing how that links to her growing up. Mm-hmm. You have some strong opinions about that opening sequence. I do have some strong opinions that about opening that opening 45 sequence. minute sequence. Firstly, why was it so long? It was very long. I was very bored. Right. 
That opening sequence, oh, the wire work was awful. It was so obvious they were on wires and their bodies were not moving naturally and that's all I could see, literally almost the harness underneath their clothes yanking them up when they're jumping. It looked shit. It looked really bad. Here's my thing. Why not get actual, like, stunt people to just do that sequence? It would make us believe that the feats that they could do were really amazing. Get some, like, parkour experts or, like, the people that were on Gladiator's TV show, you know. Bit of Themyscira Ninja Warrior. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. To do... So you don't like the fact that they're, like, gods and have no, special powers? No, I don't no? like that. Okay. I think, to me, I just disengage from that whole section because it was like they're not jumping normally. They're not jumping naturally. They're just, like, using their toe to, like, kick off a little pole I don't know. I just would have found that much more engaging if there were people doing some practical stunts. Why are we so afraid of doing practical stunts these days? There are people trained for this. There are fight specialists mm. and stunt people. Mm-hmm. That would have been awesome to see them do an actual, like, athletic sort of challenge. You get more stuff in watching an episode of Survivor than you do in this. More athleticism. Buddy wipeout, you get more. Exactly. Another thing that annoys me... <sighs> The accents from Robin Wright and what's her mother's name? Connie Nielsen, I believe. Connie Nielsen. God, they're awful. They're just awful accents. Odd, isn't what it? What are they supposed to be? Parts unknown. Right. <laughs> I hated it. The other thing is, like, you're watching it from, like, an auditorium situation, right? Yeah. You can you love that first bit because you can see them. And then they dive into the water. Yeah. And then they go on a horse ride. Yeah. And you're still in the auditorium and you're cheering your head off. You're loving it. All you hear, see, is like one flag go up that's blue and you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Sports. (laughs) Yeah, it's very weird, isn't it? I just like, God, I really just hated that sequence so much. I don't even really get what the point was for her to not win because she was cheating she took a shortcut. I thought that was clever. I didn't think see it as cheating. It I saw it as her, like, I don't know. It wasn't very clear that she wasn't allowed to do that. No. What was the big sign saying, do not go down the slidey bit? Yeah. And she went back on the horse and she wasn't using, like, extra powers that she has because she's a half god or whatever. Yeah, like, at this point, does she have a special powers that are extra special? Not because she figured so. that out when she was an adult and she did her wrist bracelet thing. If I remember correctly, in the first film, isn't she banned from doing anything special for a while because she's yeah. got special powers? I haven't seen it for a while. That whole sequence, it was trying to tell me it was being cool and it just wasn't hitting it for me. Like, Yeah, it's almost like we've got her in the real world and that's happening, but let's have some Themyscira stuff because that's cool. We liked that in the first movie. Yeah. Follow-up question to that. Why does she live in America? She doesn't need to. Why doesn't she live in Greece? Why is she still there? Where she's from? Why does she live in Europe somewhere? Why is she living in DC? Well, she lives in Paris, in the. It's not like she's like, you know, doing some research on some, on a politician that lives in DC or something. Wasn't well, it weird? Why is it American focused? Is it weird to you that the first Captain America film is set in the war mm-hmm. and it ends with a pilot named, or a soldier named Steve sacrificing himself? 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And in the second right. Captain America film is about the hero living in DC. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really go on the same path from that, you know, uncovering Hydra or whatever, like he does in Winter Soldier. But just a weird thing I noticed, kept noticing. Mm. They're both in DC and they do go to the government, I suppose. What do you think of the American president? Was he supposed to be Reagan? Or was he supposed to be just the random president? I don't know. When they went in, I was like, gee, it'd be funny if that was Donald Trump sitting behind the office. Yeah. Behind the desk, like. Ugh, imagine all the films in, set in this period where he's going to be the president. Oh, God. Like, we already have a documentary of it. It's Veep. Yeah. That's a bit unfair to Selena. Sorry, it is a bit unfair to Selena. <laughs> Similar to the wire work annoying me. Another thing that annoyed me was like her lasso. lasso. Mm. It was very obvious she wasn't holding anything in her hand. Mm. How hard is it to give her a green rope, mm. guys, to mm. hold something? And she does the thing where she like does it over her head and does like two like sexy swings and it's like, what are you doing? What are we all doing here, guys? Come on. And why doesn't she use it to get people to tell the truth more? She doesn't really. It's just a regular lasso. Yeah. Silly. Should we talk about things you liked? No. I liked the costume. It's annoying that I got spoiled for it. and Oh, the golden costume? It was pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. Did you think it was a bit funky that it's the best costume anyone's ever worn? And it's destroyed in two seconds by Kristen Wiig? Yeah. Yeah. So it can hold off an entire army of men. Yeah, in like Roman times or But whatever. it can't hold off this cheetah lady. I guess she was magic powered, but still, she got, she she got asked two to be wishes. An apex predator, though, that doesn't mean she can bend metal. I don't really get it. Uh, anyway, things we liked. <laughs> I liked the costume. Yep. Something. It's kind of a bittersweet thing. It was hard to fully get on board with Steve being back because I didn't ride those emotional waves as they were happening. I already knew he was going to be back, right? Mm. So I disengaged from that. If I'd ridden it a bit more in the moment, I think I would have felt that goodbye scene a little bit more. As it was, I was kind of like, haven't we already done this? Don't we already have like a big goodbye and it he went in the plane? and The retrade, wasn't it? It's literally the exact same thing. But in saying that, the shot of her walking away from him and him, mm. oh, I cried. I don't know if you saw me. I was crying during that section because... I don't know, I just liked the one shot. I liked hearing his voice mm. from behind the pillar. I liked the focus on her and her being so upset and I don't know. 
really hard to say goodbye to someone that you care about and I yeah I really loved it so in spite of all that I really liked it I just wish that I'd felt it a little bit more maybe in line with when they wanted me to feel mm. the things did you like that renouncing a wish was the same rules as declaring bankruptcy it oh, I hadn't thought about it until now but now you've mentioned it I bloody love it you can't just say it <laughs> Can just say it apparently. I didn't say it, I declared it. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought the uh, action sequences are pretty good for the most part. Liked it when Pedro and um, Chris Pine were on the were handcuffed together. That was interesting. Oh, that was cool and then lasted two seconds. The interesting thing about that for me is that Pedro almost tricked Steve into giving him a wish. Mm. And I was like, oh, that could be interesting if Steve, like, wishes for something that inadvertently hurts Diana and mm. they have a bit of conflict in their relationship. But, no. No. That was, oh, okay. Hmm. Do you think that was interesting? Also, how no. does Steve get to make a wish? He's not Steve. Yeah, how many wishes do he get? Does he get two? Does he get one for Steve and one for the guy that he's in? <laughs> Maybe. Does he wish on behalf of the guy? Does the guy pass a little note up to the yeah. brain and be like, hey, could you wish for this for me? My favourite character. Mm. I don't want to talk about the like, but <laughs> my favourite character... Was the the Mayan expert? Who oh. just they turn up at his house. He's like, "Hey guys, come, he, come he, look at my books." Here's all the information I can give you. That's relevant to the plot. They get it and they leave. And he's just like, "Okay, nice to see you Thank too. You. Thanks for cool. uh, my payment. My I don't know. Thanks yeah. for thanking me for my time." Also, Kristen Wiig leaves. Big conversation. Also, isn't one woman supposed to like sense these things when people are leaving or behind her or whatever? And one woman's like. Oh, she's really upset about this and said she doesn't want to renounce her wish, but I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure that won't come back at all. Because you barely know her, Diana. You met her a day ago. There's been a lot of discussion on the hashtag interwebs about Gal Gadot as an actor. Yeah. So here's the thing. A friend of ours told me after the first movie that he was distracted and couldn't focus on the story because Gal Gadot is too beautiful, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Listen, she's stunning. If I had one wish, it would probably be to look like her. But just low-key, high-key, she's wearing, you know, hair extensions and she's got fake tan on and she's, like, she's wonderful. There's now been, like, a backlash to her and everyone's like, oh, she mm. can't act at all. People are saying she's all-star, no actor, and that she's like Arnold Schwarzenegger is mm. more of a presence than an actor. I think I agree with that in some to some level, but I think she's a pretty good actor. That scene where she was saying goodbye to Steve was amazing. Mm. Mm. I think she's better in the quieter moments rather than the mm. screaming, you don't have to do this thing. Mm. Not given a lot to do still, I feel like. Is that fair? The movie's sort of happening around her rather than... Yeah, it is. She doesn't really have a lot of agency. She's just constantly trying to figure out what's going on and trying to play catch-up, really. And unfortunately, this movie, we know, because we've seen Pedro become the stone. Yep. Maybe we hadn't seen that and seen her work it out. could have been a bit more interesting. If we were with her, yeah. And then... Also, why did it take her so long to figure out... He's like, she's like, where the stone? And he's like, you're looking at it. And then she goes, hmm, what could that possibly mean? You're looking at it. You're looking at it. (gasps) What if... He was the stone. That would like, have been yeah, a, come on, Diana. Like, yeah, we, 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 we got bit, this already. Got like 15 minutes ago, come on. But that could have been a good revelation where she's looking for the stone, can't find it, and then he turns up and he's like, I am the stone. Yeah, if there and was then, just dust everywhere maybe and we yeah. didn't know why there was dust everywhere yeah, and we like, had these little points to figure it out. 
Also, what do you think of Alistair? He's pretty cool. He was great. We wish for Daddy's greatness. Speaking of wishing for your father to be better. <laughs> Liar Liar, great movie. Liar Liar. Bloody brilliant movie. Mm-hmm. Again, why have I seen that? I guess Jim Carrey films were like all the rage in the 90s and yeah. the early 2000s. Oh, it's a great film. I haven't watched it in ages. I used to be able to quote that pretty much start to finish. Good movie. Great movie. I just have one question about the mm. the guy, right? The engineer guy that Steve was in the body of. Yes. He goes, gee, he has a lot of pictures of himself. Isn't that really self-absorbed and arrogant? Cut to Diana with a picture of herself outside Trevor Ranch. She, she gets someone to take a picture of her. Mm outside Trevor Ranch, and then mm. she prints it out and she frames it. She has to buy the frame, guys. That's an odd thing to do. Done. Just take a picture of the sign that says Trevor Ranch, if you want that. Why is it you in front of it in a flannelette shirt? Why? It's a good question. You have his watch. It's enough. That starts ticking when he's back? How does that work? So, why is he in the body at all? Yeah, it's magic enough. He's already back from the dead. Why has he got to be in someone else's body? Things appear from nowhere. The wall appears from nowhere. The yep. cows just appear. Yep. Why can't he just appear? Exactly. Why does he have to be in the body? Very weird. And they don't even really they don't address, address it. it. No. It's just like, oh, he's in another person's body. Okay, cool. Now we're not going to see the other person and we'll just see Chris Pine for the rest of the film. Okay. We're going to, when he comes back to life, is she going to talk to him? Like, I oh, yeah, for, for a like, second, yeah, definitely. Like he died in real life. So then they're worried if there's, like, footage of him or something, someone will realise that he's... Mm. But who's worried? The oh, universe. Yeah. The universe is worried that they'll pick that. Don't get it. Yeah. The problem is the movie is pretty good and it it's clips along pretty well. There's some moments that are the first bit's way too long and... It was a very long Very movie. long film. But for the most part I was engaged in whatever. <laughs> But we've got so many questions like this, it's just hard to really see the movie for all the problems. Yeah. I I don't know. And also, like, it's hard because there's so much backlash because it's a female-directed film and it's about a female superhero, so no yeah. one's going to be happy with it. They'll hold it to a higher standard than they will male superhero films. But I don't think we can just discount the criticism as being misogynistic mm. or sexist. I think... Maybe there's some value in the criticism. It might just be the way that it's being expressed that is not appropriate. Fair enough. Anything else you want to say there? We can wrap it up. One final thing. Hmm. The mid-credit sequence. Can we just, guys, so we bought the tickets and the yeah. guy was like, just FYI, there's a there's an end-credit scene. Post-credit scene. Post-credits, yeah. Post-credits, right? Thank you. That's really helpful so we know whether to stay or not. Probably would have stayed regardless of what you said, but, you know. Post-credits means that after all the credits are done, it happens after. A mid-credits is in the middle. This is a mid-credits scene, mate. It's true. Why are they not doing post-credits anymore? Because no one's bothering to stay. Is that why? Not really a thing anymore, is it? They've moved it to be mid-credits after the first billings and Mm. then whatever. Anyway, okay, so let's talk about this. Linda Carter is there, right? Reprises her role. Which is cool to see her on screen. It's like, oh, it's Linda Carter. That's so nice. And then you think about it for two seconds and you're like, but how does that work? So I thought Wonder Woman was the only one left from Themyscira. No. No? Only when he left. 
She left Themyscira. Is Themyscira on Earth? I think it's like through it's a Greece, portal. It's Greece, right? Or through a portal. Yeah, so the first film, the um, World War One people came through on the boats, remember, by accident, through the portal. It was open for some reason. Oh, no. it's They had like a shielding veil, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it's I that. kind of like a pocket or something. Like okay, that. so there's there's a second Wonder Woman there with the same powers and stuff. How does that affect Diana? Is Diana going to now have like there's two Wonder Womans running around doing stuff? No, she she stayed behind to defend them when they left Earth. And for some reason it's just been chilling on Earth ever since. Right. Didn't want to come back home. No. Very weird. But I just I'm, it's I'm a, well, don't is, think about it. It's like just just enjoy it. That's the point, isn't it? Similar to Tenet, where they're like, just don't think about it, guys. Yeah. Just let it wash over you. Mm. I don't know. It was nice seeing Linda Kyle, but I'm not sure it actually fits logically. But sure. I imagine it might never come back. No, it, it has no. The answer to my question is it has no wider story no. impact or relevance at all. No, it but, was just their fan service. Yeah, basically. Okay, we've had a few days. And a few more thoughts about Wonder Woman 1984. So we're just going to throw some more ideas out there and see what sticks. Basically recorded the whole podcast and then spent the next few days going, did that make sense? Which I think is a lot of people's experience, not the podcast bit, but everyone's got a podcast these days. Maybe they have done this. You know, maybe they are. However, I feel like people watch movies like, oh, bright colours or Wonder Woman and stuff. It's cool. They're very pretty. I'll watch it and whatever. And then you think about the logical inconsistencies not that everything has to be logical sense, it's a movie, whatever, but also it's just so much going on in this film that it doesn't really all work together. I mean, I liked the last Star Wars film until I sat down and thought about it for two seconds and then I was like, that what? was not huh? good and also undid everything that we yeah. were leading towards. A little whiplash in that series, isn't there? So, what do you got first up, Sine? Well, we've spoken about how weird it is to have a film set in the 80s so you're already like, oh, nostalgia, we like seeing mm-hmm. the 80s, or oh, we're Stranger Things. Um, but it's so, like, decidedly non-80s. Yeah. There's no music. She's mm-hmm. not dressed in, like, blue eyeshadow and big hair. She somehow looks both from this time and from any time. Mm-hmm. I don't think if you, excluding the mall scene, okay, which seems mm-hmm. like it was just there to put us in that time period. They were doing aerobics in the mall scene. Yeah, well, as we famously know, that oh, the 80s. That's all they did. That's all they did. <laughs> exactly right. She didn't seem to engage with, like, putting a perm through her hair or the eyeshadow or wearing a big puffy, like, shoulder pad suit or something like that. But she could have, like, she's gorgeous. She could put anything on and still look good. It would have been funny. Why can't they put a little bit of 80s in there? The other thing is, like, you know in Captain Marvel? Mm-hmm. The 90s music was a really big part of that. And it was mm. so, well, I personally found that really fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And like Guardians was like bit. the first one to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Captain Marvel had the blockbuster yeah. and had things like of the time, slow dial up speed, floppy disks. Yeah. Remember all that stuff? And wearing a Nine Inch Nails t shirt. I know you've, you've famously only seen about five seconds of Stranger Things because it scared have you. Have you told this on the podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's pretty much it. You got through five seconds of it and then there was a big bang and you ran away. <laughs> I didn't run away. That's not true. I was like, yeah, let's watch Stranger Things. This sounds great. I'm, yeah. in, I'm in for it. Yeah. And then that opening scene, there's like this giant monster chasing this guy down a hallway. True. We were watching it at night with no lights on and I got a bit scared and I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I told you to turn it off. 
I watched more of it, and it's interesting to bring it up because it's very 1980s, almost like distractingly so. It's like, but that's part of it. It's part of it. So these yeah. people who made it who are from the 80s and they're harking back. What do you mean? <laughs> so they're from the 80s, like as a country. They, they, like, no, they time over from the 80s. No, no it's, um, it's really is in your face, hey, we're doing an 80s show. This movie could have been set any time apart from the one scene they seem to have put the effort into to make them, it. Do they blow all their budget, on the mall. 80s budget on the mall scene or something, did they? Well, I think I said this to you. I don't know if it was on the pod or maybe just in our real life. Was that the trailer that we saw mm. had as much 80s-ness as the movie? It did, yeah. So everything you see in the trailer about 80s is in the movie and that's it. That's it. That's all there is. I, yeah. I, it just felt really joyless. Yeah. Like I feel like everyone looks back at the 80s as like, oh, it's fun and a bit campy mm. and like. Yeah, maybe him, it was like greed is good and that sort of stuff and he's a businessman. Yeah. But like that, they still exist. Like, like it's not yeah. exactly like this is 1980s specific, specific. So why do it? Why was it set in the 80s if it wasn't really going to be set in the 80s? I don't understand. It's like the later um, X-Men films. Mm-hmm. So Days of Future Past, they lent into it and that was good. They did lots mm-hmm. of 70s stuff yeah. and they had Nixon and all that. And then the next two were set in the 80s and 90s. You couldn't tell. No, not at all. The thing is they didn't have to, like, go over the top if they didn't want to, but the mall scene was over the top. So mm. you put all of your 80s in one scene of the film and then none in the other 90%. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. We're not do you want to only... do it or not? <laughs> exactly. We're not the only people to say this, but the scene of her flying should have been set to Bruce Springsteen or something. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been cool? It would have been awesome. No, it's just set to generic superhero music. The music was fine. It was just. Well, it's Hans. So, like, well, yeah. Be gentle. Oh, okay. <laughs> You know what I mean, though? Could have done something with it, with the setting. Could have all linked together. The only time we heard the theme was when she was standing there in her costume. Mm. It's like... Weird. Cool. It's a cool theme, guys. Mm. Play it more. And do an 80s version. Do a synth version of that. (gasps) Wouldn't that be awesome? Mm -hmm. I wonder if someone's done that online. I'll have a Google, see what I can find, guys. It's a free idea for you if you you want to do that. Yeah, if you're into music and Mm -hmm. you know how to do music. (laughs) Music things. (laughs) Speaking of um, Max Lord, also just cut to the writer's room. So he's like a god, but he's, <laughs> we don't want to say god. What else can he be? Jesus. Mm, uh, what a lord. Oh, good. I like that. We'll write that down. Okay. And is he just a little bit of lord or is he like a no, lord of he's lord? all of the lord all he of could the be. Lord. He's First name the, all, middle name Ma- of. The Maximum Lord. Max. All right, oh, there Max. we go. There we go. I think he's from the comics. I so. know. I'm, I'm. I know it's from the comics, but I can still make fun of the stupid name even if it was established in the comics. Sure. Just remembered there's a scene where he looks at the magazine. <laughs> he gets mad because there's another oil tycoon on the front cover. <laughs> and people are making fun of it online. It's called like Oil Economist Weekly or something, like that famous it's magazine. So bad. Yeah, silly, isn't it? Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, the, something I didn't remember as well. We, we mentioned in the earlier version of this podcast, the film discusses Middle East politics, but in a way that yeah. I don't feel comfortable with and I don't really know anything about it, to be honest. But what about when the person's like, I want all the Irish people to be arrested and then that oh, just yeah. happens? Like that is a very strange reference to the Troubles and all, the, all the problems that have happened between Ireland and, and England. I don't think the film really dealt with that. I didn't deal with any of those issues. No. It was, I think we watched a video where they said it was decidedly anti-political but then included politics. Yeah. 
yeah, didn't want to engage with it at all. Didn't want to yeah, present an opinion. No. Just was like, hey, this happened. And we're like, yep, we know. Yeah, we were there. Thanks for that. Yeah. I know we spoke a little bit about monkey's paw, but I want to riff on it again. Okay, here we go. So is it that you lose what's most valuable to you? Well, is it that you get a little bit inconvenienced or mm, is it that you just lose something? Mm, uh, well, when he became the stone, he could decide what the thing is that you lost, which doesn't really gel with her losing what's most valuable to her, which doesn't make sense anyway because, as we've discussed, I have powers the most valuable thing to her. I said this to you the other night. I don't think that... I think she likes being Wonder Woman because she can restore justice and truth. Mm. Your whole film, you're talking about truth. Isn't truth most most valuable to her? Mm. Being true to herself? What if she, like, backstabs somebody and she's like, mm-hmm. hang on, this isn't like me, and then we're like, oh, she's losing mm. her humanity. And Isn't she, that what's most important to Diana, her humanity? And she could be Wonder Woman without the powers if it's just about being a symbol and about, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of idea of being a hero. It it just seemed like they wanted a way for her to lose her powers and that was it. Because yeah, that's what you do in the second movie of a superhero yeah. film, you know? But it doesn't make any sense, though. Like, if it was most valuable to her, I don't think her powers were. And also mm. I don't think it is what's most valuable to people because of other things that people have lost. Also, the guy with the coffee, he had a proper monkey's paw, which was that it was hot. It's yeah. in d- direct relation to the thing that he's asked for. So what did he ask for something, he wished for something, then he got it. Does he? Does his kid die then? Like, you know? just something random. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's they worked it well there because he got it. He got what he wished for. He cheated his way to getting to what he wanted, which was coffee. Correct. But it was too hot and burned his tongue. That's and that's the whole that, thing, isn't it? Because yeah. the whole moral is that you have to live with how things are, and you can't really cheat your way into getting things back or yeah. winning things. And that right? was the whole point of her. And that's first... the whole point of the movie, right? Because it's like truth and not cheating. Yeah, and the opening sequence where she cuts. In, so how did you fail to do the entire yeah. film's point and theme? Odd, right? Very odd. It's just funny. These films, so much money goes to them, best writers in the world work with them, and then it still doesn't end up working. It's too many fingers in the pie. Yeah, too much. Is that a saying? Yeah. Now you can have your fingers in too many pies, Oh, but you can have you too many too cooks. many fingers in, in one pie. <laughs> You could, I guess. Well, that, I guess I don't want to. I don't need a pie if your fingers are in it. No, so. no one does. Well, maybe two of them. If there's more than two fingers, <laughs> and they're clean. Yeah. Okay. The professional chefs, or in this case, yeah. movie makers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. But again, I feel like with superhero movies, there's mm. this harking back to the studio system of the '60s, where mm. you've got a creative vision from a director, and you've got studio decisions coming in, yeah. and that is not congruent. There's too much money in them too, isn't Way there? Way too much. Too much money. They're too big to fail, kind of, so they try and make sure it doesn't fail. And then... mm. We were talking about this being kind of a joyless movie, being set in the 80s. Mm. Although it's, I've read that someone said it's good that we got good posters, which it is. They are nice posters. True. And a good trailer. <laughs> Yay. I don't know whether to pivot to Kristen Wiig. Well, yeah, go on. Kristen Wiig. Mm-hmm. What's she doing? She's funny in real life. She's and a in, funny person. She's a comedic actor. She is. Bridesmaids was on TV the other night. We were like, oh, yeah, she's in this. And she can do serious. We all know that. That's fine. However, if you're hiring her, wouldn't you want to do some bit of comedy for your movie? Especially if the, if, the, if the journey is from ditzy clumsy to cheetah. 
<laughs> Jellicle what cheetah. A, what a journey. You want it to be funny and there's like that very funny scene you're making fun of where it's just like cuts to them talking and Diana's like, ah, oh, you're so funny. Yeah. It's almost, I don't want to shit on the movie. It's good and everything and there's good moments, but that's like room level quality, isn't it? It really is. Like, tell me why is our room, I mean. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't know. I think there's this thing with actors where if they're a comedic actor, they want to be taken seriously. Mm. Like Steve Carell wanted mm-hmm. to shed his office thing. Reconnaissance famously happened, mm-hmm. one of serious, gritty mm-hmm. roles. I'm not saying that if you're a comedic actor, you can only play comedy parts, but I just like a little bit of awareness about what your audience will recognize you from and remember you as. Yeah. And maybe do something with that rather than just pretending it doesn't exist. We're not <laughs> the only people who've said this though. And I, I didn't really realize it until I saw it on Twitter, and I can't remember the person that said it. So sorry, Twitter person. But there are no jokes in the film. The closest there is to humor is the trying on um, clothes sequence. I'm so glad you brought this up because I really forgot to talk about this in our original recording of the podcast. Yeah. I love Chris Pine, okay? Who doesn't? He's up there in my favorite Chris's. He's not my top Chris. I think he's your top Chris, isn't he? I think I say that just because everyone else says Chris Evans and I want to be different. Oh, wow. <laughs> Some home truths tonight on the podcast. Well, what's the last thing? Was there my, my foot? <laughs> I love Chris Pine. You can't go wrong with him, though. No. You can't. No. But Chris Evans Chris a bit Evans. better. Did you look at the photo? No, I didn't. Neither did I. Can I respect him? Okay. Cool. Um, Chris Pine. <laughs> He's a very charismatic actor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could watch him on screen doing fun things about discovering garbage cans and stuff for a whole film. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that stuff. He played that really well. That was almost a joke, but that was in the trailer, so I didn't laugh at it. Carry on. <laughs> the thing that annoyed me about the trying on scene, and perhaps this is an example of what people are saying about Gal Gadot. It's Gadot, by the way, guys. She's not French. It's not Godot. She's from Israel. She doesn't have any chemistry with him during that scene. No. So that scene is very clearly, to me, improvised, right? Seems to be. There's no back and forth. Is that what you're getting That's at? That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. So he'll make a joke. She won't have a response. She'll be like, ah, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. Raises eyebrow, yeah. Yeah, because she, cause they're doing improv and she can't pick that up and go with it somewhere. I agree. So why not spend five minutes and write a really comeback for her? You know? Do something. It seems like they were having too much on set and they just kept the highlight reel of that. And, yeah. like, I love Chris Pine being Chris Pine. If you want him to improv on a couple of the costumes, outfits, mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm. But, like, she just seemed utterly bad at acting in but that scene. Let's think of some some things right now. Okay. I've got one already. Go. For her to say. He comes out wearing, like, that weird suit, the grey suit or whatever. Oh, yeah. And she says something like, hey, you're not Ken doll. It's not good, right? But it's better. It's a joke at least. Is it a joke? Well, I'm not Barbie, and meaning you're Ken. I think it's something with Ken and Barbie there, okay? I'm just, just, no, no, no ideas in this. Pitch something. Go, 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 go. Just anything. Okay. Anything else. He's like, are these parachute pants? Everybody wears them. She's like, oh, yeah. That's it. What about, like, music videos in the 80s? Never know when you're going to jump into an 80s music video. Never know when you're going to need to skydive. Mm-hmm. As a reference yeah, just, to him in the plane or something. something. I don't know. The Kendall joke we could come back to maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm just saying that scene was clearly improvised and Chris Pine knocks it out of the park because he's great at that kind of stuff. Mm. But there's nothing from her and that's the closest it gets but it doesn't even get to funny really. And mm. that entire sequence was also in the trailer. Mm. Here's my thing, guys. People need to start making movies with an understanding that people have seen the trailer. However, this is impossible because you're making the movie mm. as it's happening. You can't mm. know in the future that people are going to see the trailer. Mm. But maybe this needs to be decided by producers or something. Have a look at your story. Go, there's probably going to be some bits in here that we're going to mm. put in the trailer, some bits in here. And maybe, like, try to elevate that or do something with it mm. so that maybe devise audience expectations or something because it's just getting or, to the point where I'm not excited to watch a film. Because you've already seen already all seen the it. best bits, which I've is seen, I've seen the highlights. Or if you've got billions of dollars like these big movie companies do, you could shoot a little teaser trailer that's not part of the film. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could shoot her doing some of like the mall equivalent things. Mall equivalent? Mall. Oh. Like the rescues or something. Yeah. To get everyone excited because Wonder Woman's coming back. Mm-hmm. The last movie made a billion dollars. It's not like this one needs much advertising, really. What if they just have one scene with like a guy saying something really funny and you pan down and the lasso's around his foot or something and then it's just cut to black Wonder Woman. 84. That'd go viral. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Or like, again, we're doing this for them, which get paid for this, <laughs> but like you could have inserted them into some 80s films or some 80s film clips. That'd be great. Right. Play a song. Do you remember how we all felt before this was the norm and Guardians of the Galaxy came out mm-hmm. and no other superhero film had done that before mm-hmm. and it was so much fun. I still remember mm. watching that in the cinema and how much fun everyone was getting into it with the music and everything. A yep. little bit number two but less so. Yeah. You can have that with this. Play some 80s ballads. Like mm. she doesn't listen to 80s music. She's like, I don't have a TV but has a room full of TVs. Well, she, she seems... <laughs> Decidedly against being part of the world she's in. Yeah. And she's decided to live there for 70 or so years. For reason, what reason? I'm not really sure. Reasons. Given she doesn't want to be a superhero who has any sort of presence. But she still saves people and is a superhero. That's, that's what we mentioned. That's something we mentioned. What? Is she a half god who is fighting off monsters and aliens and whatever? Or is she a friendly Spider Man, neighborhood Wonder Woman, Spider Man equivalent? Because she's doing both. That's fine if she's doing both. Like, explain that. Because she doesn't I, really want to be doing both or either. Or I think I mentioned this in the first recording. Like, doesn't she have more important things to be dealing mm, with? Mm-hmm. Sex trafficking, war crimes. Yeah. Anything. Well, and other people mentioned as well that she, she like, finds a stone. She's like, oh, it's from the trickster god, whoever. And she's, like, terrified. And just as I mentioned again, it's, it's, fine. Probably fine. Yeah, it's probably fine. There are other things out there that like, she oh, should is be the tracking God down. Come like how Aries <laughs> yeah. did last time. No, yeah. no, no, that's yeah. fine. I don't think the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man suits her. I didn't like the mall scene. Mm. I thought it was stupid. Mm. I thought it was absolutely stupid. The logic of it didn't make sense. Why does she care about these people? He, the shoplifter guy, only turns evil for plot reasons to throw the kid down so that she comes. If he just kept running, he would have got away. <laughs> Why do you have sense. to threaten to kill her? Also, you go from, I don't know, was it like five years from robbery to attempted murder, which is like you'd be sent to prison, maybe even sent to death over there. Also, they put some shots in of like, you know, aerobics and then a mall and then mm. Americans with their hot dogs and greed and stuff mm. 
and then you're like, see, guys, haha, we know what we're doing. Mm. And it's like, no, you just Weird. put those things in there so we can be like, oh, the 80s. Another thing we saw on, I think it was Nando V Movies, he was talking a lot about the armor situation or lack thereof. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the armor? supposed to be the most powerful weapon ever hmm. held off hordes of men mm-hmm. so that they could escape. Yeah. Cheetah destroys it in two seconds. A, a cheetah. An apex predator, though. She's not an apex predator, but she's not a god. No. Is she? Well, she's imbued with powers from the god. Okay. Not, not really, though. He no, didn't like. Not. She wasn't like, make me the most powerful being on earth. No, which would make she's sense. got some of one woman. Like Jafar in Aladdin. True. But she did want what. She was like, I want what Diana has, which is power. Powers. And then she's like, no, now I want to be an apex predator. Cool. I don't think that beats this The men armor. in the war had, like, swords and, like. And there was, like, the whole army of them. Shields and a whole army, and it was able to, like, do that. It's yeah. not able to deal with a tiny little bit of scratching. Mm. Apparently yeah. it's supposed to be, like, something that she, well, I don't know if this is in the comics or whether that was his. No, I think Nando said it was like a. Said, it's what you put on if things have gone total shit. No, I'm talking about how the armor might have powers itself. Oh, I don't think he meant that in the comics. That was just when she was his idea for particularly violent. She was putting that on, mm. and, and perhaps she lost her humanity a little mm. when she put that on, and she went a bit too far and realized how violent mm. she was getting. I mean, we've seen that story a bit before in superhero movies. At least it's a story. At least it's something. It's not her going, oh, that? Yeah, it's just some yeah. armor. Then she puts it on, then and she then takes, it, takes off. it off. Doesn't help. It's just so obvious that they wanted that shot of her shedding the wings and the Wonder Woman score would come in and they're like yeah. on set or the day before or something and they're like, well, how does she lose it? But it's not good if she if she loses it and that represents something, that's cool, but it doesn't. It doesn't. She's yeah. just like, oh, okay, I didn't need these wings anyway. Yeah. Okay. As we said, they've sort of gone, they've gone concept backwards, haven't they? They like, really have. got a cool idea for a shot or a cool idea for this armour. What do we do with it? It's really obvious. Like mm. I've, I've never, I see all the workings with this film and none of the finished product. Yeah. Strange because it's been a while since we saw the first one, but it was really good from really memory. Good. There's nothing that's equivalent to her running across no man's land with mm. her bracelets with the bullets. That was mm. so cool in the first movie, even in the bank heist. This is like, oh, she just whirls her lasso like a little helicopter. Yeah. Oh, dang. Very odd. Anyway. Those are some of our additional thoughts. Mm. Hope you enjoyed them. All right, what are you going to give this out of wishes? <laughs> wishes. How many wishes out of five? Three. I liked what it was doing. I liked mm. Pedro. Mm. I don't know if Kristen Wiig was even needed as a villain, to be honest. Cut her whole entire part out. Does it really change the story? He's still no. the stone. He still convinces everyone to wish things. He just has one less boss fight. Probably cut out Chris Pine, to be honest. Why does she need love interest at all? No. Does it cheapen her as a character if she's obsessing for 70 years over this guy she knew for a few weeks at most? Mm. Probably a week at most. Is it romantic or is it pathetic? That yeah, fine like, line. You're, you're Wonder Woman. You're supposed to be the best, one of the best people ever. Mm. Surely you can love him and whatever. That's, that's totally fine. But devoting your whole life to... His memory? It's a bit sad. Well, she's up the ranch. That's enough, Diana. Have a little memorial and then that, yeah. that'll do. What are you going to give it out of five? Two. Two? Yeah. You didn't like it, did you? Well, didn't mind it. 
But I just feel like get Lodric police involved, they might have been able to sort some of those issues out. I'm telling you guys, more Logic police needed on film sets, and I'm happy to volunteer my services. Yeah, you would have been busy on this one. <laughs> just ask lots of questions, and they'd be mm. like, hmm, good mm. point. We haven't mm. considered that at mm. all. Mm. We don't address it at all in the film. No, no, no need. No need. It's fine. Thank you very much for listening. This has been I Only Like You and Movies. We're on Twitter. We've on SoundCloud. Give us a like, give us a listen, give us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know what? Tell your mates about the show. No, not about the movie. Oh, yeah. You can tell them about the movie. Yeah. It's fine. Whatever. Depends if you liked it, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Give me one good reason why she can't wear a pair of leggings. Like athletic leggings. They can be in blue. They can match her outfit. Mm, there's no reason. I think there's a reason. Why? Because it's fun to see a woman in a miniskirt, oh. <laughs> apparently. I mean, she's bulletproof fish, but then why wear anything? That would be more uncomfortable to wear a pair of bloody booty shorts rather I'd, than I'd wearing still, a pair of tights. I'd still want to wear some armour if I'm fighting gods and monsters and stuff, wouldn't you? No, no, no. I'm going to go in my BDSM-adjacent corset and miniskirt. Mm. With thigh-high boots. Why doesn't Superman wear shorts? Hey. And cut off, cut off shorts. Jorts. Jorts? <laughs> Superman in jorts? I'd watch that. Yeah, me too. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.